Welcome to Mars Messina Presents. I am Mars and today is Saturday, January 27th, 2024. The topic of episode 138 is the three types of mindsets as outlined by psychologist Carol Dweck from Stanford University, who was the first researcher to explore the idea of fixed and growth mindsets. We will also throw in the false growth mindset in this episode. As we've discussed in many previous shows, neuroplasticity refers to the lifelong capacity, the lifelong, I, I want to repeat, the lifelong capacity of the brain to change and rewire itself in response to the stimulation of learning and of experience. Neurogenesis is the ability to create new neurons and connections between neurons throughout a lifetime, including old age and even with brain damage. We know that the brain is constantly evolving and changing. Many parts of the brain respond to experiences, so our software, if you will, can be updated through the learning process. <clears throat> despite these neurological facts, despite these scientific quantitative facts, some people still think that a person is stuck with the talents and the IQ with which they're born. Science is proving that this is not so. So let's talk about the growth mindset. It's a psychological concept, again, developed by the aforementioned Dr. Dweck. And it's the belief that one's abilities, talents, and intelligence can be developed and improved through dedication, effort, a willingness to learn, and possibly the most important, the ability to embrace mistakes. Individuals with a growth mindset see challenges as opportunities for growth. They embrace failure as a stepping stone to su success, and they believe that their abilities are not fixed, but can be expanded with practice and persistence. These people do not panic in the face of failure. Studies have even shown that the brain lights up when a mistake is made. The reason brain activity kicks it up a notch is because the brain is trying to find solutions in the wake of the mistake that was made. This means that the brain is pliable and able and willing to change. Here are some examples of things that people with the growth mindset might say. They might say things like, I believe that everyone can learn something new and become good at it over time. Uh, they might say, I always try even if I think I will fail. fail. Failure is just another opportunity to learn which can help me succeed next time. They might say, I, I can always become better if I try and I keep trying. They might say, I think that every opportunity is a chance to grow my knowledge. 
I can always learn something new and increase my knowledge on subjects I already know. And most importantly, they say things like, I never say I cannot. Maybe I can't do it today, but that doesn't mean that's true of tomorrow. So in other words, a growth mindset views intelligence and talent as qualities that can and should be developed over time. Now, this doesn't mean that people with a growth mindset assume that they're going to become geniuses if they're not already. There are still variables in what we can, we can all achieve individually. A growth mindset simply means that people believe there is always room for improvement and they are willing and ready to take the actions to change for the better. A growth mindset also recognizes that setbacks are necessary. Um, they're a necessary part of the learning process, which allows for people to bounce back by increasing motivational effort. This kind of mindset sees failings as temporary and changeable, and as such, a growth mindset is crucial for learning, for resilience, for motivation and performance. So we all know already that we all make mistakes and it turns out that it, it is not such a bad thing that we make mistakes. Those who adopt a growth mindset are more likely to embrace lifelong learning. Not only is that um, physically a healthy thing to do to keep us from, you know, in old age, if we make it to old age, it keeps us from developing dementia and things like this or slowing down in some way. I also consider it a spiritual commandment that we must embrace lifelong learning because it continues to grow our character. Excuse me for that water break. Um, going on with this idea, um, people with a growth mindset are more likely to believe that intelligence can be improved. They are more likely to put in effort to learn and to learn more. They believe effort leads to a more refined intelligence. They believe failure, again, is just a temporary setback and that these failures present opportunity for growth. They believe, uh, or they view feedback as a source of information. So if they're criticized, they don't feel insulted or put down. They view, view, view feedback as an opportunity to learn. Now, of course, that feedback should be constructive and not be putting anyone down because no one should have to put up with that. But if it's constructive, they don't take it personally. This is just another source of information on which to learn. People with a growth mindset um, willingly embrace challenges. This is very hard to do, but it is this defining trait in those who excel in business and in other ventures. And people with a growth mindset view other success as uh, sources of inspiration 
Uh, they are not jealous and they are not deflated by other people's success. Now let's talk a little bit about the fixed mindset. Don't feel bad if any of this sounds like you. Human beings are actually a mixture of all of the mindsets we will be talking about. But once you're aware of what each of these mindsets are, then you can make the choice that will put you in a more um, growth mindset status. So the fixed mindset. This is how much you believe your basic qualities are fixed, static, or permanent. People who adopt a fixed mindset might say things like, um, I believe that people are born smart or dumb and can never change. I was once, um, this was one time in high school, I was complaining about math. And my friend's mother, and this was somebody who at the time was probably in her 40s, she said, and I quote, because one of the words she's going to use, or that she did use, is now seen as an offensive word now. But it wasn't really then, not too much. Anyway, what she said was, she said, I believe we are all retarded in one way or another. So you might be brilliant um, with the English language. You might be a brilliant artist, but you might be retarded with math. She actually said this to me and she meant it and she didn't mean it as um, she didn't mean it as an insult to me. She didn't mean it as an insult to um, intellectually handicapped people. She stated that as a fact and she believed it that all of us have some sort of retardation. This is not true. I didn't think so then either, but. Uh, I know, I know it's not true now. Um, again, um, going on with this idea, people who adopt a fixed mindset might say things like, I think at some point it is too late for most people to learn and to gain a new perspective. I've heard this recently from people I know. It is not too late to... Uh, change attitude to um to focus on growth it's never too late they might say things like i take constructive feedback as personal criticism this is hard you know i mean i think i do this sometimes um and i had to learn a long time ago and it's still a struggle that anything that people say to you is really not personal especially like on, on you know on, on the job um they're talking about work they're not talking about you and if they're talking about you that has more to do with them than it does you uh somebody with a fixed mindset might say i am who i am and there is nothing i can do to change that i've heard addicts say this for example um i've heard people who are not very good spouses say this and it's a cop-out i'm not saying it's easy to do this but it's a cop-out um people with a fixed mindset might say things like i believe that once something 
monumental happens, it can't be fixed or changed. So some life-changing event, you know, kicks you in the jimmies. You can get up from it and you can learn and life can get better, but sometimes that is really hard to believe because you're so hurt. Um, somebody with a fixed mindset might say things like, I give up when something is hard or it feels like I am unable to do it right. Now this happened to me um, many times, but the one time I recall is high school. Um, I was um, I was kind of a mm, like a class clown-ish type of person. I was always joking around. I was always mimicking people and kind of like taking on roles of other personalities just to get people to laugh. At the same time, I had a good friend who did the same thing, but she was like, she was born with a gift for acting. In fact, she is a professional actress and not unknown. Okay. And I'm not going to say her name here. I don't want to put a spotlight on her. She has enough spotlights anyway. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just don't want to embarrass her. But anyway, um, she really stood out as somebody who could act and who could mimic and who made people laugh and people would say things to me like you're just trying to be like her and that deflated me because I wasn't trying to be like anybody else but me and I was happy that she was getting recognition for her talents um, I was unhappy that I was not getting recognition for mine and maybe I wasn't as talented as she was so um, I gave up on acting I gave up on telling jokes for a very, very long time. Um, and I think it hurt me in the process, giving up like that, even though I was a kid, I wish I had not given up. Um, another fixed mindset thing to say would be something like, you should be able to make six figures a year without anyone helping you or, and I hear, I hear that a lot these days, or I should be able to make six figures a year without anybody helping me. These shoulds and shouldn'ts are part of a fixed mindset. They're judgmental and life is fluid. Um, and all, well, this whole without anyone helping me thing, that's a whole other show, but somebody is always helping you if you've had any type of success. Anyway, in other words, in a fixed mindset, some people believe attributes such as talent and intelligence are fixed. And that's to say they believe they're born with a level of intelligence, they're born with a level of natural ta talents that they'll reach in adulthood. Other people believe that if they or someone else is not measuring up to their definition of success, that they're not trying hard enough. You don't try hard enough. You must be doing something wrong. And um, they ought to be subject to harsh criticism. And why any one of us thinks that we have the authority to harshly criticize anyone is also a fixed mindset. It's kind of ridiculous. It is really dry 
in here. In fact, I had a nosebleed last week. I, what, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> a fixed mindset person often avoids certain challenges in life. They might give up easily or they might feel intimidated or threatened by the success of other people. This is in part because a fixed mindset doesn't see, um, they don't see these qualities of intelligence and gifts and talents as something to be developed. You either are that or you're not, or you're too lazy to achieve it. This is false. This is not true. Fixed mindsets lead to negative thinking. For example, a person with a fixed mindset might fail at a task and believe it's because they're not smart enough to do it. And that is a really easy one, especially with technology these days. Like you try something new and you fail miserably at it and you're like, I, I don't get this. And it's so easy to give up. Now, somebody with a growth mindset might fail at the very same task and they believe it's just something that they need to spend more time practicing. So they try this new tech and they fail and they go get a sandwich or something and they come back and they try it again and they keep trying it until they have that aha moment or they call a friend who's really good at this and, and they figure it out. But they figure it out eventually and it doesn't the timeline does not matter they will figure it out people with a fixed mindset are more likely to believe um, besides that besides intelligence and, and talent being static they also believe that um, um, how should I what are the words I'm looking they believe putting in effort is worthless because bad things happen and their effort won't matter. They avoid challenges to avoid that very failure. They ignore feedback from others. They feel threatened by the success of others. They hide their flaws so that they're not judged by others. They're always thinking about what others are feeling and thinking about them. They view any kind of feedback as personal criticism. So these things feed on each other. So they give up easily. It's too much of a hassle. It's too much pain. So they, they give up. And when you like kind of, you know, take a wider look and you're objective, that's ridiculous, but we all do it, but it is ridiculous. So we really shouldn't be motivated by what others think. And I think we know this intellectually, but it's it's so hard to accept, isn't it? Um, you know, like with me, I do care about what other people think for about five minutes. And then after five minutes, I'm like, well, who are they? You know, so that kind of pulls me out of it. But even that is is fixed, a fixed mindset. I, I shouldn't care because that's my life process has nothing to do with what people are thinking of me. My life process is to stumble and fall and to get up again and try again. That's life process and that's what we should be concerned with. Now, 
I, I think we know all of this intellectually, but here's something to really be aware of. It's the false growth mindset. And I hear and see examples of this every single day. And people don't realize um, that this is, this is not good thinking, that these are thinking errors, okay? False, false growth mindset is saying you have a growth mindset when you really don't have it or you don't really understand what it is. It's also false in the sense that nobody has growth mindset in everything all the time. It's just something we need to be aware of. Now, with this false growth mindset, people often have this maxim that praise um, should be given to effort alone. So has anyone ever told you you're not trying hard enough? I've had this said to me in different circumstances quite a few times. You're not trying hard enough. And it just really, it's really frustrating because you are trying hard, but you're still not finding your measure of success. And somebody is behind you saying, you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. And then you get burned out. Research does show that praising, like for example, praising students' progress, meaning their hard work, their strategies, focus, and persistence, and tying it to their performance, their learning or progress could actually promote a growth mindset. But, and here's where we need to beware, in many teachers' practices, it had become divorced from any actual learning or any actual progress. They say, hey kid, great effort. And that has become the consolation prize for children who are not learning and who are not growing. That's the problem with that. They're just trying to be nice to a kid, you know, who, um, who's having a rough time and it is, it's important to be nice to those kids, but are we helping them by, you know, patting them on the back and saying great effort and making them think like they actually achieved something when they really did not. So what is happening is the very students who need the most to learn about developing their abilities are instead receiving praise for their ineffective effort in order to spare further hurt feelings when they need somebody to coach them. In order to help these students gain a growth mindset, teachers need to tell the truth. They need to say, you know, you're really struggling with this subject. We need, we need to get you some you know, um, <clears throat> like a tutor, something like this. So while they can acknowledge the laudable efforts, they also need to acknowledge that when students are not learning effectively, and then they need to work with them to find new learning strategies. For example, the classroom isn't for everyone. 
maybe they need an alternative type of classroom. That was in my high school. I wish I had taken those classes. Um, or they need a tutor or, you know, after school, you know, learning, coaching, something like this. Exhorting students to try harder is an ineffective practice that does not teach a growth mindset. They're already trying hard, but they're not getting the results that anyone wants. So we need to re rethink how we're teaching them. Another example of growth, or, or I'm sorry, another example of false growth mindset is telling people, you can do anything. Even though this sounds great, I'm going to point out what, where it goes wrong. So in the name of a growth mindset, struggling people are assured that they are capable of anything. This may be true. And while this may be true, simply asserting it doesn't make it so, particularly when a person does not yet have the knowledge, the skills, strategies, or resources to bring their goals about. So, for example, I was told that I would become a well-paid massage therapist because my work on the table would speak for itself and that would attract repeat clients. So, and I was told by many people, most people on my table, how stellar I was, who would then tell my bosses how stellar I was. However, this did not always translate to making a lot of money. And this was a concern to me. And this is possibly because I was lacking the business acumen it took to consistently build a thriving data client base, I'm sorry, not a database or a database of clients, right. But I mean, I needed um, not only a client base, but I needed a consistent client base week after week, month after month, year after year. And I was going through ebbs and flows. Okay, so, and I think the reason for that is I did not have a sound business plan. And I think if I did, maybe I wouldn't have gotten the numbers that I was really wanting, but I think I would have had more consistent numbers at a certain level if I understood the business side a little better. Um, skilled educators and employers set high standards for their students and for their employees, but then these skilled educators and employees help those um, students and employees understand how to embark on the path to meeting their standards and then they work with them along the way. True mentorship is not a hollow promise. You don't just pat someone on the back and tell them that they're great and then watch them drown. Well, you're great. What? Why are you not trying hard enough? What's wrong? No, you have to work with them to build that success because it doesn't come easily. 
Another example of false growth mindset is blaming someone's mindset. Here's another personal uh, story here. I recall um, this job I had where I was railroaded into a promotion. Even though this promotion presented itself and offered a few thousand dollars more a year than I was making, it was a nightmare job and I did not want it but my management was kind of railroading, railroading me into it. And I was watching my predecessor, who was an expert at his desk, come close to a breakdown during work. So anyway, I was like, they told me, look, if you don't like it after a couple weeks, you can go back to your old job. So I was like, only under that condition will I take this job. So I did. And when I found myself in the weeds only a few days into the job, a manager told me there was something wrong with my mindset. While fellow workers who were, you know, working in the ditches with me and who had been there a lot longer than I had, they were telling me the problem was the actual work progress or process. And I agreed there was just something really wrong with this desk. But management wouldn't hear it. They said there's something wrong with your mindset. It is most discouraging when employers, parents, educators, etc., blame a person's mindset for their failure to learn. Scolding and shaming is not only ineffective coaching, it can be damaging to someone's psyche, even to someone who normally adopts a growth mindset. It is the mentor's task to create a growth mindset environment. In a safe and supportive environment, people can begin to leave behind their fixed mindset and try out the idea that they can develop their abilities, that they will be given the space to develop their abilities. We see this happening when one is given meaningful work and when one is respected within that work. When you give them honest and helpful feedback and that you're there for them to um, help them grow. When you can give them suggestions on future learning strategies and opportunities to revise work and to show learning process and this will help them grow for those of you who find yourself in a false growth or a fixed mindset we can all and we all will we can control alt delete all of that by not judging ourselves or others by not fighting the mindset we are mired in but if we just sit back and observe it and call it what it is, okay? Like uh, this, this is um, a thinking error on my part. Um, and what is that thinking error? It's um, false growth mindset or it's a fixed mindset. And I'm going to call it on myself. I don't need anyone to tell me what it is. I'm not going to call anyone else out on it unless I am willing to sit with them and step-by-step step get them past 
the um, quagmire they find themselves in. And for me, I will try to recruit my false growth mindset or my fixed mindset to collaborate on my challenging goals instead of letting them undermine me with doubts and fears. All hard work to do, but this is the work we have to do. The connection between neuroplasticity and a growth mindset lies in the fact that both concepts emphasize the malleability and potential for growth within individuals. And when I say malleability, I'm actually talking physical malleability in the brain. Okay, the brain is plastic and it can actually grow and, you know, change shape the more um, neuro um, neuropaths that it, it develops. When people adopt a growth mindset, they are more likely to engage in learning. They are more likely to take on new challenges and they are more likely to persist in the face of setbacks. These behaviors and attitudes stimulate neuroplasticity and the brain adapts and forms new neural connections to accommodate the learning and growth processes. This bodes well for a well-functioning brain throughout one's life. So even if you live to be 100, okay? Or let's say your physical body <coughs> is not um, doing well, you can still keep your brain functioning well. Hard to do, but you can. Um, <clears throat> so in other words, a growth mindset creates an environment that nurtures and supports neuroplasticity by believing in the ability to develop and to improve individuals are more inclined to engage in activities that challenge their existing skills and knowledge. <coughs> I was reading some study about, um, I think it's Okinawa in Japan. Um, it has like the, the population there has more centigenarians than anywhere else in the planet. And when they were, <clears throat> these are people who are a hundred and older who are still um, physically and mentally vital. And they're saying, what is your secret? And not only do they have strong communities where they take care of each other, but they like to be challenged. They like to have something thrown at them that they do not know and they will figure it out. Like it, it excites them. It doesn't deflate them. Um, we need to be more like this. Um, we need to find things that stimulate our brain um, because brain stimulation, like making a mistake, reorganizes the brain and creates new neural pathways leading to increased learning and growth. And that's something these old people understand. By adopting a growth mindset and engaging in activities that challenge us, we can tap into the brain's um, uh, ability to rewire, which improves our thinking. It um, helps us acquire new skills and we achieve personal growth. And this applies to various areas of life, such as education, career, relationship, and uh, ships, and personal goals. 
and it is a lifelong process no matter how old you are how, how injured you are or how sick you may be or no matter how unintelligent or klutzy or unable one may feel we can all always improve and have a good time doing so when we understand how our mind works. It is now bedtime stories from the acoustic bookshelf. And here is a reading of the, um, here is a reading of the poem. Do not go gentle into that good night by Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight, blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Until next week, Arrivederci.